and welcome to this episode of Better Off Red. Um, this is episode 76, which is the fourth in our 10-part sound series. Um, and this is a series where I talk to writers and artists about their work and relations to sounds they have chosen. In this episode, I talked to Sinead Overby and Charlotte Forrester, um, two amazing people um, who will introduce themselves as soon as I stop talking. Sinead and Charlotte both chose songs, and you can listen to these songs on our website, which is better-red.com, and there's also links in the um, show information. Um, Sinead chose the song Give It To Me by Mote. Um, there's a fantastic video um, that we've got a link to on the homepage. And Charlotte chose Seekers Who Are Lovers by the Cocteau Twins, um, which is also available. Um, there's a link on our webpage to that song. Um, I'm also in the process of putting together a Spotify folder of all the songs that um, people choose, but also um, some of the songs that get mentioned in some of these episodes. So I'm very grateful to Sinead and Charlotte. I'm very grateful to Creative New Zealand, Toy Aotearoa, who have um, funded this season, which is very exciting and I'm very grateful for. Um, I'm very grateful to Brent McIntyre, who supplied the um, theme music um, for this season. And um, I'm back home in Wellington <laughs> um, so but still very grateful to the Michael King Writers Centre um, who um, I actually edited this episode there so I'm very grateful to them. Um, at the end of this interview or chat um, conversation um, I will be offering an exercise um, in response to some of the conversations we had um, and um, this exercise is designed to be responded to in uh, voice so you can record it on your phone if you would like. Um, I am hoping to put together a showcase of these um, responses so if you are willing to email me um, your responses as audio files I would love that. Um, details on how to contact me are on our website or of course you can leave comments on our website as well and I can help you out with that. So yeah I think that's everyone. I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, I love both these songs and I have deep um, respect and um, affection for the two people that were talking about them. So yeah, I hope you really enjoy this episode. Thanks. Um, hello, Sinead and Charlotte. It's so nice to see you today. Um, thanks heaps for coming along. Um, I thought maybe we could start off, um, if you were willing to do so, um, if you could maybe introduce yourselves. So who should we start with? Oh, I can start. Oh, okay, that'll be cool. Awesome. Thanks, Sinead. Awesome. <laughs> um, cool. Like, I'm Sinead of Retoku Ingwa. I'm a writer and research assistant and also editor at the moment of Stasis Journal. Um, yeah, I've been writing for like ever and I also play the clarinet and the saxophone and the piano and a whole lot of other things. So that's a musical background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
awesome i didn't know you played so many instruments i knew you played the clarinet and saxophone i didn't know that you played well you go ah, i'm in a room of talent this is hard <laughs> i'm charlotte do you want to introduce yourself hello i'm charlotte forrester um i'm a 26 year old musician and semi-writer i feel weird calling myself a writer because i haven't really written in ages <laughs> um but yeah and i've been living in wellington for about 14 years yeah Awesome. It's so good to have you both here. Um, now, you have both chosen some, I'm going to use the word beautiful, and we can talk about whether it's okay to use that word later on, <laughs> but you've chosen two songs. And I wonder, um, Sinead, seeing we're doing like table tennis, would you like to just introduce the song that you chose for us to talk about today? Yeah, um, I chose the song called Give It To Me by Motteth, um, who is a Wellington artist. I'm pretty sure she's from Wellington. Um, and I chose it because it's just like really atmospheric and beautiful. It's one of these songs that I just put in my headphones and I feel like, I don't know, everything in the world is happening at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I love it. It's a magnificent <laughs> song. It's so good. And um, interestingly, Charlotte, completely like not talking to each other. Do you want to talk a little bit about the song you chose? Yeah, well, it's the way you've described that song is really similar to my experience of the song that I've chosen, um, which is Seekers Who Are Lovers by the Cocteau Twins. Um, and it was like, for me, this is such a special song because it, it's like the last song on the last album they released. And it just, yeah, literally as soon as it comes on, it's that thing you're like in your headphones and it's, yeah. it is something that kind of seems to encapsulate so many emotions at once, which is I think a rare quality of music so yeah yeah, yeah. it's like immersive right yeah totally I, yeah yeah. Awesome. yeah and I wonder um like I'm sorry we're just gonna go deep right from the start yeah. <laughs> I do <laughs> I was thinking about this immersive quality and this mm. ability to feel so much and I wondered if we could talk a little bit about the words in both of you know like the lyrics and inverted comics uh, comics <laughs> inverted <laughs> commas um of both of them and i wonder if you could talk a little bit about your relationship with the words that are in both of the songs if you you know like are, are they sing-along songs or yeah i don't know i love to sing to this song because it's just like very long and drawling out and it's yeah kind of epic um but I think there are very few words in the song. I think it just repeats the same verse like the whole way through and then maybe maybe changes it. Um, I think it's like very poetic for me. I'm like, oh, this song could mean, like the lyrics in the song are kind of like, oh, they could be interpreted in any way if I wanted to. So I'm not sure if it's like, they're not like lyrics that tell us really specific story. They're just like, nice words that give me a feeling that is that is a you know enticing feeling yeah yeah mm. what about cocktail twins <laughs> well it's they're kind of i guess known for their obscure lyrics um and i think for ages like because i listened to them since i was a teenager and when i would first listen to them i kind of just didn't really think that they were lyrics i thought they were more just sound based um but they they definitely are lyrics and when I look up like any of their lyrics to like try to help decipher what is being said, it I do love all their lyrics and it's kind of that same thing like it uh, you can kind of just I feel like with a lot of lyrics you can tap into maybe 
an emotion that you're putting onto that song and mm. therefore having some kind of con connection with. But I, I think one of the things I love about Cocteau Twins so much is that, yes, the lyrics are amazing, but also it's more about the way in which they're like sung and mm. like screamed or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think I read this thing once that, yeah, like the words maybe weren't even that important for the, the Cocteau Twins, it was more just like, the emotion through which um, maybe like those words or sounds is like a vessel to like be like expelling that emotion or something, which I just love. And I feel like you actually do hear when you're listening to them, you're like, yes, I don't know what you're saying, but I feel that and like so, so deep. Because <laughs> I think, you know, that's similar to what you said about the multi-song, like that idea that um, the way that they're sung, because, you know, um, I was just thinking about a poem and how... Um, Sometimes we get a little bit of suggestion about how to say the words depending about depending on the form. Mm. But often, you know, there's very extended sort of deliveries of the words. I don't know, like I, I really like that idea of poetic. Do you feel like you can have some control over how a reader reads words on the page of your poetry? Or do you think that I think, like, sometimes, I mean, especially if, if I guess, you design a specific rhythm, what's it called? Meter. Yeah, sometimes I would write in meter so that, you know, I know exactly how somebody's going to read it. It's, like, incantatory almost. But I don't know if you can control it. But I think that's a cool thing about poetry is, like, especially when I read other people's poetry out loud, it's, like, um, it's a kind of a fun interpretive exercise because like music does, uh, like words do have like their own music, but you can still decide what to do with that when it's in your mouth. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. No, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And like that's what made me, um, yeah, I was thinking a little bit about covers as well. Like mm. I was thinking, I've never seen a Cocteau Twins cover band, but yeah, I was thinking, like I was thinking of that idea of, um, you know, R Ruby was here the other day, and we were talking about um, kind of. Um, improvising around or playing along with music that you like. And I'm wondering, you know, does, like, do these things have an impression on the music that you end up making? Um, I think definitely, I, like, probably to a fault. Like, I feel like, like, we're, um, with my band, we're in the process of recording an album right now. I think that's, like, why Cocteau Twins are some, like, a band that I'm listening to a lot, because that's a sound that I feel we kind of naturally produce and which I want to produce um, but yeah like I feel like I'm like a sponge with like a lot of sounds so I have to be really careful making <laughs> sure like what I'm listening to is maybe what I want to be trying to create um, but yeah and I like I think it's really cool with something like Cocteau Twins as well because because it's sometimes really indecisive uh, like hard to decipher the lyrics it kind of like you might hear something but that might not be the lyric and that almost gives me like a lyric then I'm like oh that's what I'm projecting onto this song and that makes I don't know that that gives me all these words that I'm like oh that's that's my song now <laughs> like, which is this weird theft but not a theft I don't know because <laughs> I feel like I do that with writing as well mm, I feel yes. like sometimes especially with poetry like if I'm writing fiction I'll read poetry and like there's something in that voice that you know something sometimes they'll condense an idea and I'll think oh yeah I never thought about it like that before and yeah I don't know do you find that yeah yeah definitely 
I I'm actually really bad at reading poetry, but I've started to recently, and it's like it's super cool, guys. <laughs> it's really <laughs> helpful. <laughs> yeah, there's so there's so much in them. Wow. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, I I love that that condensing of ideas thing. It's really really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I I love it too. I love it. I absolutely adore it. And I guess. I just talking about production. Um, this is I, I don't know. I'm a little bit obsessed with this, so it's probably not interesting for anyone else. But I was thinking with these two um, songs, they're like I think 1996 for um, lovers, and then is that last year or I think it was. Maybe 2018. Yeah. I probably got yeah. that wrong. Well, some sometime <laughs> there's a bit of distance between them. <laughs> yeah, and I guess I keep thinking about what the technology must have changed like like there were barely mp3 players yeah i i don't really know much about the process but to me i I just can't even fathom like how that would be done and maybe in a way it would make it easier because i feel like the technology is a lot more limited so you kind of have to work with what you have in a way whereas now it does feel quite limitless which maybe is kind of hard in some ways because then you can just go off in all these different directions and change things endlessly but yeah, <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Yeah. But that's so true. Like I, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, that is really. I never thought of it that way because I've always thought of it as a limiting thing, you mm-hmm. know. And like, you know, when I, especially when I listen to them, like that layering of sound. Like I know that when I, fir- I went to film school about 160 years ago, um, and I know that when we were making film, uh, you know, to do a dissolve you literally had to get the, you know, you had to overlay one piece of film with the other and, and therefore we didn't do a lot of dissolves. But, mm. you know, the other day I was making something on film and I was just like, ah, <laughs> you know, look at this effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just do this and we're looking good. <laughs> it's quite wild, eh? I really like it. And I guess there's also, um, like, that those Cocteau Twins albums, I don't ever imagine, I, like, I can't ever imagine them being something that everyone would have access to that technology as well, which I think is really interesting mm. as well. Like, that's kind of exciting. Like, because mm. I remember someone saying that, that writing's a democratic um, art form because you just need a pen and paper, but it seems more and more music's kind of democratic mm. like that as well, eh? Mm. Yeah. And, like, you, some of the instruments you play are quite portable as well, eh? Like, yeah. you know, like, you, you can sort of, like, do you have a clarinet and a saxophone at the moment? Yeah, or? Oh, just a clarinet. In my little little case. Oh, yep. Do they not take up much? Do they undo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can undo all the parts oh. and put it in there. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> what what led you to the clarinet? Do you think? Um, I just I've always loved woodwind instruments. It's one of my favorite. Oh, and string instruments, which is also why I chose this song because string mm. instruments instruments can be super beautiful. But my mum was like, no string instruments in my house, so I had to choose a woodwind one. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you want the strings? Oh, just like they—they were just like this whole group of young, like students who learnt the violin from a specific kind of teacher in Gisborne, and they all just sounded really screechy and like. <laughs> and she was like, "I'm not having that noise <laughs> around," <laughs> which is such a shame. There definitely are some instruments that are a lot more rewarding straight away. Eh? Mm. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a person in my house learning the violin and. Yeah, I, it, it took a long time. <laughs> it took a while <laughs> to get through that. <laughs> to yeah. get through that. Um, and that's kind of, I'd be really interested to sort of segue from that to um, 
like I'm quite obsessed with this idea of tone and I feel like both of them and I don't think that's the right word that I'm using, but these ideas of long extended, you know, maybe as as a bowed note or, you know, like a I'm imagining it might be a sequencer or something, but you know, yeah. like who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um but I'm just interested in these interludes of tone that seem to be in both of them. And I wonder yeah, have you got any thoughts on that or am I just hearing something boring? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's definitely something I feel like you hear throughout the song, and I I really love that in a song like like this, which is so layered. And then when things start to maybe drop out a little bit, you're suddenly aware that there's been like this kind of droning tone throughout the whole thing, which is I don't know. It feels kind of magical to kind of realize that that, that, that there's been something there the whole time that you weren't really quite hearing, but without it, it would be a completely different song. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I don't really know the, the actual like what that that is, but it, to me it's like this really like shimmering quality, which might I don't know might be a synthesizer mm-hmm. or electric guitar with effects. I don't know, but yeah, that I don't know that kind of creates the whole space of the song to me. Yeah, yeah. I think the opposite maybe happens mm. with this song, and that like things just come in underneath towards the end, like that droning noise that just, I love that noise, I don't mm. know what it is. Uh, it's probably like a cello or maybe, I don't know, something. Um, but I love that you're like, oh yeah, I'm kind of just listening to this song and then this deep thing comes in underneath it and you're like, oh, this is exactly what it needed. Like it needed some, I don't know, mm. kind of shimmering thing yeah. happening. Yeah, it's just, and it's so interesting how that cha- how much that change affects me when I listen to the song, when it's actually just comparatively quite a small change and that, mm that instrument is not, it's only really like sliding up from one note and that's the only thing that it does mm-hmm. over and over. Yeah, I don't know, I love Yeah, that. no, I, I, I love when a, like, when a song withholds a note like that and then suddenly yeah. you like are like, oh, that's kind of like what it needed the whole time and then you're like, like especially with the bass note, I feel, because yeah. it just gives this kind of earth to it and you're like, yeah. ah, that's, yeah, there, there, that's like a complete song now. Yeah, God, I love a bass note. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love, yes. so love the bass. <laughs> I feel like I'm in this wonderful world because this morning I was talking to Amon and um, um, Cookie about um, like high note. We were talking mm, about those true. uncomfortable, you know, those things that happen up high and are like almost painful. And then we started talking about how, sometimes the bass notes can almost be nauseating, you know, like there's a different mm. kind of feeling with them, which I think is really exciting. Um, I, this idea of withholding and, you know, like I feel a little bit like we're talking, you know, like sometimes when I listen to a song over and over again, I'm listening for that moment, you know, like I'm, you know, waiting for that moment. And I'm wondering, both of you have written really successful kind of narrative works, so works that feel... Um, like they're complete, they feel like they have tension and release, but they're not the conventional kind of like inciting incident, raising tension, climax, and you know, um, I don't know what you call that last thing, denouement or whatever it is. And I'm just wondering, do you recognise any of that in music? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you think that, um, I'm probably putting words in your mouth, but do you think that you borrow that from music rather than borrowing it from literature maybe i think also i think also film when i think of that because my favorite (laughs) 
films are like films where very little happens. And I don't know, I've been thinking, this is kind of related to what you were saying. Um, I've been thinking a lot about like how I don't, like I strongly believe that nothing, that you don't need a proper plot in order to like write a book or write a story. I'm like, yeah, I just, I think that things can happen and still be interesting and still carry something forward and not have to be like within that convention and stuff. So yeah, I think I like songs like that, that like this song, I don't think, like it still has verses and stuff and it still moves, but it I don't think it has your kind of like introduction, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, whatever, like, I don't know. And I'm interested in things that do move in different ways, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you're almost I'm, I'm very excited by what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Charlotte? Um yeah, I I kind of feel like there are, are songs that exist in both those realms like mm-hmm. kind of what you're saying with I guess they fit more into like pop music when it is more of like that standard kind of introduction arc and then kind of this conclusion or something. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like I kind of maybe first became aware of it through my brother who I make music with. Because we, we used to make music as like a little like folk band back in the day. But I feel like the songs that I was writing then, they would often kind of have more of like an arc and like a resolution. And he just brought that to my attention that that's what I was doing in a lot of my songs. And I really didn't like that, like having something be resolved within a song. Because um, that's kind of not like a lot of my songs are about experience and, you know my life blah 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 mm. and there is no resolution to that it's a continuation so I think it is more interesting like kind of with this song with Mata's song like that it just there isn't an arc per se it's more of like a building yeah which is maybe truer to a lot of experience in some ways I totally know. yes yeah. that's what I think about fiction as well is like why can't you just write about a life mm. that just keeps going and things keep building as mm. you go along? Why do you have to have like one plot point in a character's life that the book is based around? Mm. I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot. Like what? Yeah. It's really interesting that you make like draw that comparison between your music and, and your experience of life. Mm. Cause I think that, I think that's really, really smart. <laughs> it's really, yeah. It's so cool. Because this is this is a question that I've been asking just I feel like my whole life is like and I keep coming back to this word satisfying which I'm less and less satisfied with but like (laughs) I feel like if a if a story isn't giving us that arc you know because there's been all this quite oops like white straight male kind of idea about you know like the hero's journey and conflict and all this sort of thing and I'm really interested in if you're not if they would argue that people are expecting that. But I'm thinking if you're not giving people that, what are you giving them? And that's why I think music, that's why I really am excited to talk to you both about this because I feel like you both do this so well. Like rather than it feeling like it's the story arc that's resolving, there's some kind of experience or feeling or noise in the work that's resolving rather than, Mm. yeah, it's sort of coming to a landing place. Mm. I don't know. Mm. And I wonder if that, um, I wonder if that's around writing non-fiction. Yeah, I I think that is in some ways, um, yeah, because I think non-fiction as a genre, I feel like it's not really defined very precisely, so there's so much more, like, room to discover what that is for you, and mm. I feel like that's so freeing, and, like, 
also as a reader, I feel like you trust it more to just be able to take you where you want to go. You're not expecting the arc as well. So it's like freeing for both the reader and the writer in that sense, I think. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way about poetry because mm. I've never, like I did one poetry course, but I've never done the formal poetry studies. So I'm like, well, this is a this is a fun art form because it's one that I know nothing about. Mm. <laughs> so mm. like I, I read some stuff at when I did my English degree um, and then wrote some stuff, but it's, like it's just pure experimentation and I don't have any that many preconceived ideas of like what form it should fit into or like I don't know it's and, and, and it's exciting because I feel like people nowadays especially have less and less like they know less and less what they're getting into when they're starting to read a book of poems or like a poem they're like okay I'm you know I'm just gonna get what I'm given and I don't understand it but I'll experience it in the moment kind of thing yeah mm. and I think you know it, 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 it's so interesting this idea of nonfiction as well because I mean um, like I, I I do write nonfiction but I never publish it <laughs> um, because you know like I just yeah I don't know why um, but I find it really interesting because it feels like there's a space there for people to change their minds and that's what I thought was so like sorry I, I'm I love your essay collection. Sorry, um, but like, yeah, sorry. Um, but <laughs> don't apologize about that. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was what was great in it is that it always had this. Um, I don't know what the word is, but it's kind of an energy that it it could change. You know what I mean? Like nothing was. Mm. You know what I mean? And I thought that was really interesting. Mm. Yeah, I I think that's just important to me as a person. Just I never want to presenting things as concrete because that's not my experience of how I have ideas like I might learn from something and have a different idea about something or just you know feel differently <laughs> and I I think it just like gives a lot of room to I, don't, I, I guess just learn more through being uncertain and yeah like when yeah. we're saying we're both really indecisive it's kind of a good way yeah. like a good thing in some ways I think that's such a good thing that is such a good thing about non-fiction is because like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes with fiction, I feel like I need to have an answer or, like, mm. it needs to be even, like, slightly didactic. Like, I need to have need to have something to say about the world. But then with, like, essay writing, I'm like, what is it I want to say? Yeah. And Or I've talked to this person and I've heard this on the radio and I've, like, kind of read this article or this research paper and now my I'm constantly changing my ideas because of that. And I kind of prefer that in a way because it's also like more honest like I just think sometimes I get the feeling from fiction that like every that people that writers have got it all sorted out beforehand and then by the end of the book they're like I've still got it all sorted out <laughs> yeah. and it's like I don't think you do <laughs> I don't think anyone has that good an understanding of the world or anything in it and I think fiction really suffers from that um desire to not be artificial you know like I think that it's such an artificial thing to say we're going to drop into this life we're going to be there for a while and then we're going to leave you mm. know what I mean and you know I'm going to craft this life into a shape that is of interest to me and I think that maybe because you know there are definitely examples of fiction that are really you know strange mm -hmm. you know like I, I always think of I love dick and stuff like that you know where it's kind of like you know, where does it sit and what does it do? And oh my goodness. And yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if there's something of that 
I don't know if this is right because I don't know enough about music, but I think with both the songs that you've chosen, there feels like this openness to them that they could mean different things on different days. Mm. Do you find that? Like, you've obviously listened to them both quite a lot. Like, yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, I feel like the song for me in particular is like, because it starts with, I think, two, I think it's snare, two, like, snare hits, and then it drops you into the song. And for me, that kind of experience is generally the same. Just, it's, like, the most exciting feeling, like, knowing we're about to be, like, plunged into this song. But then, yeah, totally, depending on my experience in that day, it might be making me feel, like, really emo or, like, ecstatic and just, like, whatever I'm projecting onto it. Yeah. Yeah, no, same. I, I mean... I don't know maybe maybe actually the song is like one that kind of transports me but then hmm I could definitely be emo to this song no I was just kind of <laughs> trying to think if I could have different moods no I could definitely could I be in different yeah <laughs> I could cry to that <laughs> and I could also feel really good when listening to it yeah mm. I was yeah. just thinking about like we don't need to talk about this at all but I was <laughs> thinking about those songs that are ruined you know what I mean like those songs that you know mm. like have been my breakup album or my you know and and I just think it's really great um and you know there have been times where I've made decisions like that I'm like I'm not listening to this at the moment because mm. I want it I want it to be mine and I want it to be here for Same. later. This yeah. is even one of the songs that I'm like, for a long time, like I saw Motta play live and she's amazing. She like uses a loop pedal with a violin. It's just incredible. Um, but anyway, and then I heard this song and it was one of the songs that I decided that I wouldn't share with anyone because I love it so much. So now you're here we go. I'm going to broadcast about it. <laughs> but well, it's like, I'm grateful. <laughs> no, it's like one of the ones that I never played in front of my friends or like never sent them on Facebook or anything because I was like I just love this for me and I just want this song to remain mine mm. even though it's obviously not mine at all but yeah mm. Mm. I, I feel like music is so easy to attach all these memories to so I feel like yeah that like that idea of like kind of preserving it with only mm. your memories that you're putting onto it rather than yeah. like complicating it with heaps of different things is like that I really like that approach to yeah. <laughs> having a relationship with song with a song that way. Yeah. There's a song that I really love at the moment and um I was like really excited and played it to everyone in my house the other day. And everyone was just like meh oh, <laughs> I was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like it is the worst. I really feel like it is <laughs> maybe real sad. Um, I wonder, okay, so here we go again with me not knowing much about music, but in both songs, like, I, I think that this is correct. In a pop song, I feel like the voice is the melody, like, it's like, la, 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 la. Um, <laughs> that's a very <laughs> famous pop song. Um, <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> you love that one. But I feel like with both these songs, the the voice is something else. Like it can almost be percussive and I don't know, like, could you talk a little bit about that? Mm. I, I agree completely with that. Like I, th I think her, like Elizabeth Fraser's voice is equally an instrument. Um, mm. And it, like, I think, I, I feel like they would have made a choice with that to make it kind of, it definitely does sit above a lot of the music, but at the same time, like some of her voice sounds so much like the guitars and mm. it kind of all, creates this like wall of sound and yeah like I think that's just I guess a more I don't know it feels like a more experimental approach to how to use all these different sounds and yeah like 
rather than just having that structure of like really audible lyrics and very concise melodies and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really noticed that when I listened to your song, I was mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, like how the voice just kind of rises up at certain points in the song to like be like an instrument. It's almost mm-hmm. like, a, I don't know. I When I was listening, I was like, gosh, this is like a running on the moors moment. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's all windy and you're like, oh. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it felt really epic, but it, it was so definitely epic. not like... Definitely not just like a voice, you know, doing the singing thing that it would in other genres of music. Mm. It was like, yeah, definitely doing something more and adding more body to it or something. Yeah, I love that. Mm. And I feel, sorry to go back to your essays again, <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like there's something of interest in that, in, in that collection, the way that um, the eye of the story, you know, the eye, I, the, the narrator, I, I guess not the narrator because it's not always the narrator, but... Um, there's a way that in a lyric essay we might expect the I to be the most important thing, but it sort of slips away and comes back as well, which I think is really interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's something I wasn't really aware of, but then that was like a thing I was told that had this almost like detached feel to it, which, um, yeah, I feel like maybe it's apt. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd say detached. I found it incredibly attached, <laughs> but like in this great way that it could, it had a bit of flexibility around mm. it. You know what I mean? Like it could be in different places, I think, which I think is mm. really, really interesting. Um, do you, uh, this, this idea of voice in, in um, the Mote song as well, do you, is voice something you think about or is it something that comes through that's like you know like you write in a few different forms Mm. and I'm just wondering it's impossible isn't it to Mm. take apart your practice but I just wonder if you think about voice I think one thing that I always thought about is sound um and I the whole time I was doing my master's and kind of being guided towards writing and something that sounded very similar to like the New Yorker authors and all of that kind of stuff. Well, that's what I thought I was being guided towards. But then I really aspired to having stories that, like I knew what they sounded like in my head and I knew what they would sound like when I wrote them down and read them out loud. Um, there's like a certain noise about that I aspire to, I guess. Um, yeah, so I don't know if I think about voice so much as like atmosphere or mood or that other, the other stuff that comes together to create a a sound in your brain (laughs) yeah I really but also like with it's I think about that a lot with fiction um and I think a lot about the the mood and the flow and the voice and what it's going to sound like and how it's going to read and stuff but with poetry it's like literally just the way that it comes out of my head and I don't think about it that much with with poems because I was that was another reason I kind of was excited to talk to you two together is this idea of um in my head I think of poetry as the most musical and sort of fiction and prose as the least musical mm-hmm. but I kn- I think that's wrong <laughs> do you do you have any thoughts about that I think like I think that that can be wrong. <laughs> it can be right. There Yay, we go. Oh, being indecisive. <laughs> no, but I think like <laughs> when I think about, I don't know, the stories that I love just definitely, 
it's it's like listening to a really good album and I react to things in a more like sensory way than just reading the words on the page. I do find prose I do find all writing musical because I think language is musical mm-hmm. as its own thing and I think it's impossible not to have music. It's just with some novels it's almost like or like pieces of fiction it's almost like that sound you're so used to it maybe or it's it's so familiar or maybe it's just not as an as obviously musical or poetic or whatever so you think oh that doesn't have music not you not you you <laughs> but one can think that it doesn't have music um but I think it all does it's just yeah oh, I don't know no I really I totally I relate very strongly with what you're saying mm-hmm. like I think that um I think again like that's what's great about these two songs is that I I think okay so okay if I say this the wrong way just throw things at me but I think there are some songs that are really comfortable and you listen to them and you sink into them mm-hmm. and on the first listen you're like yeah mm-hmm. you know awesome yeah I get that and then I feel like there's songs like these which are a little bit jarring are a little bit unusual you know like I even think some of the songs I really like I really like the knife and some of those mm-hmm. are like really embarrassing and silly mm-hmm. and you know like oh gosh you know and I don't know like I wonder if maybe prose is more like that do you have mm. a thought about those like I don't I hate I'm now making a binary between this type of music <laughs> and that type of music but do you think that yeah I don't know I I definitely like I I feel like my favourite kinds of songs are ones that I hate the first time I listen to them. And then a few times over, then I'll listen to them, and then I'm like, oh my god, I'm in love with this. (laughs) So, and that probably has to do with being challenged a little bit in just terms of maybe you haven't heard that structure before, so it takes a little while for your brain to understand, like, how to get into the flow of that. And then once it does become a little bit more comfortable, I guess, then you're like, ah, yes, now I... Mm. I guess there is a comfort in knowing what's happening next or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's such a cool experience too because like, I don't know, I think a lot of people just want to be, well, like me <laughs> as well. Like sometimes I just want to be instantly gratified and sometimes I want to just listen to something that's easy and that I know I'm going to like. But I think I'm the same with like the songs and artists and the albums that I love the most are the ones that I absolutely am like, mm. this is so bad when I first listened yeah. to it. And then you just kind of like have to work at, oh, just like listen to it more and then, I don't know, and then it ends up surprising you. Mm. And it seems more like special in that way because mm. you've spent time with it. Yeah. Yeah, and like slowed down, I don't know. I, I feel like on the flip side, that is what amazes me about pop music is just how it somehow can, you just are lured into it mm. and it's just like this, amazing it's like it's almost like a mathematics to it yeah that it's designed to sound really good and really pleasing and really instantly familiar as well yeah and that like I I love pop music so much yeah. for those reasons <laughs> <laughs> yeah I listen I I had yeah I listened to a lot of pop music during lockdown yeah and was like this is the only thing <laughs> this is where I get all of my energy yeah. from this yeah. is so good yeah I loved it <laughs> I've never thought of that before though like it's so true isn't it like I mean like um one time my mum said to me oh you you should write something that people want to read like she was like you know like why don't you you know people love romance and you know why don't you and I thought that's a very good point and I went home and I just couldn't I I'm incapable of writing something that says come on in the water's great you know like (laughs) just you know like everything and one time 
I tried to write a happy story and everyone said, oh, this is the saddest thing you've ever written. <laughs> and I do think pop music is amazing. Yeah, right? yeah. My goal one day is to, like, write a pop song or, like, yeah, like a song that is about the love stage rather than all my songs are about the post-love <laughs> stage. And I'm just astonished by being able to encapsulate that feeling without it just, I don't know, having some, like, cringiness to it. Yeah. But whenever I'm, like, listening to a pop song or whatever kind of song that seems to, like, kind like harness that whole feeling it's I'm just like oh, how have you done this this is like that feels like falling in love yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty incredible I and and I mean the thing is that I've listened to countless sort of like you know people saying oh if you break it down this is how they do it and mm. I'm like oh I still don't think I could do it you <laughs> yeah. know like I still yeah, do not think I am able yeah well like how with like things like Mills and Burns or like crime fiction yeah. there's a rubric but it's like it's actually super hard mm. like I don't know most people I know who've tried to do it just find it really really difficult but then it's also yeah I don't know it's just everything's an art you yeah. have to put effort into everything it's, yeah. and that's the thing I think that was the thing is that I can remember meeting a few people that were sort of cynical and were like oh I'm gonna write a romance because that'll make money and you just cannot go into it with that mm. you know what I mean like I mm. really think I don't know maybe I'm being a bit precious but I do feel like you just have to go into it all and I think yeah. there are some things that I'll never be able to do as well which is kind of cool like I don't know it's kind of cool <laughs> um I was wondering um like I imagine that you have played your clarinet with other people as well as playing it by yourself and you know you play with other people as well and I'm wondering about this idea of collaboration and music and if there's any way you know, I feel like I have collaborators when I write and I feel like they're all the books that I've read and the people that I've met and, you know, they're sort of like invisible, you know, sort of the we, not me kind of stuff in the room. But I'm wondering on a practical level, is there any way, is there anything you've got to say about that collaborative process and is there anything you sort of have been able to bring over to your writing in that? <laughs> um I I really just love I I love playing in groups. I think I get really bored when I play an instrument like if, with the piano it's fine cuz it creates all of the sounds around you and you can play more than one note. But with the clarinet I'm like, "Oh, I'm playing one note and I'm lonely." <laughs> maybe that <laughs> maybe that's like I don't know if that transfers over to my writing life. Like I I constantly want company and I constantly want to like be surrounded in other things which is probably why I read wow I'm just making all these connections um <laughs> yeah but like with yeah with music I think the most fun thing about it for me is collaboration and being in a band or a chamber music group or something and and collectively making a noise together so maybe that is what my writing is wow I've never thought of it like that like maybe it's me putting all of these other influences to use yeah, that was a really good question. <laughs> I'm just like, because <laughs> 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 I was I was thinking about stasis, and I was thinking mm -hmm. of some of the other work that you've done, and yeah. I think that they feel like quite exciting, kind of, you know, like one way mm. of thinking about it, I guess, is like a really good mixtape, and yeah, yeah, I don't know, like yeah, I actually like that's kind of how I feel about stasis as well. I was like, I love how it looks and when I look at it I'm like do 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 in my brain that's the stasis song but I'm like I don't know it's nice to like yeah to describe actually that was an incredible process because I 
literally just described to my friend Annie who's the designer like what I wanted the vibe to be and I told her the name and then she instantly got it and everything that she did was like exactly the image I had in my brain I was like how did that happen language is amazing (laughs) it's amazing when you tell some ask someone to do something and yeah I don't know that's never (laughs) occurred to me I suddenly realized that you have to I always think that music is like everyone gets in the room and it just happens but I guess you have to talk to each other like well <laughs> I I feel like that's why I like play music with my brother and sister because we don't have to <laughs> yeah. yeah and I feel like I'm uh hesitant to make music with other people for that reason that the collaboration doesn't come as naturally I guess mm-hmm. um but yeah like I I totally get what you're saying just like that I don't know there's just something so amazing about everyone playing these instruments together and creating something together Mm. and you know playing in time with each other and building this thing and I feel like in a way that's I feel like I've been hesitant to writing because writing feels really solitary to me Mm. and it sounds really exciting with stasis like having something that is I don't know by nature a more collaborative thing Mm because I think yeah maybe just the experience of the MA that was very collaborative in terms of my classmates and everything but the actual act of writing and being I don't know, in the writing was like, oh, I'm too alone and this doesn't satisfy yeah. that thing. That music, I feel like music is always kind of in relation to another person, mm-hmm. either through making music together or performing alive and everyone being connected by the same sound in a room. Mm. The same can definitely be said for writing, but yeah, I just think I have like a little bit of like a, I don't want to be so alone in that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's actually exactly why I made Stasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm living alone yeah. during a pandemic. <laughs> I need friends. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, but it was fun, and it's also like weird how I don't think that um, us as like editors knew what we wanted to publish, but it's when I kind of read back through things, I'm like, oh, there is, and and through like old submissions that we didn't accept, I'm like, there is a particular kind of thing that we're going just for by, like just by accident that Mm. we just like the sound of. And and then because it's like two people's taste, it's like, oh yeah, it just ends up being a particular kind of thing. Mm. And that thing where you get, when there's two people in a collaboration there's actually three people because there's the collaboration do you know what I mean like mm, I think yeah. that's kind of cool as well yeah <laughs> the entity that like kind of comes from that that maybe isn't exactly what you would do or exactly what they would do yeah. <laughs> so other form it's my favorite thing in the wide world yeah hey we're coming to the end and um I've been finishing this all off and you do not have to do this but I'm just asking everybody what's the last thing they listened to like maybe what they were listening to on their way over here or something like that or maybe something that you're listening to at the moment that you really like I don't know (laughs) I'm really bad at remembering yeah me too I mean it's like when you say what books do you like (laughs) I I never read in my life yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah every book I've read has just just (laughs) disappeared oh my god but is there anything that I guess while Um, you're making music maybe while you're recording maybe you're not listening to music I I do a little bit but I also like to I guess switch between music and podcasts Mm. like Actually, on the way over here, I was just listening to Out of My Mind, that podcast, and I just happened to listen listen to the one with Ashley Young, Um, and yeah, that was, yeah, really, really, really beautiful, and makes me want to reread her collection of books. It's so good, eh? 
What about you? Did you check your... I checked my Spotify. I've been listening to the Taringa podcast, which is amazing. Um, but I also, on the way over here, was listening to Strange Girl by Laura Marling. I am in the top 1% of Laura Marling's fans on Spotify. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> but yeah, that song is amazing. It's from her new album, and, it, and it's, uh, it's just how I feel about myself all the time. Like, such a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we can all be weirdos together. And music makes us feel like we can be together. I was just, I, I think, I just checked mine, and I was listening to um, Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> oh, nice. All right, I think. Yeah, I I yeah, yeah. I just, I have these things that roll over. It's quite nice. Thank you both so much. Thank you. You're, Thank you're you. just so awesome. And yeah, this was such a great conversation and I really appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. This is the exercise that I was thinking about for this project. Um, I was thinking about beautiful words. I was thinking about words that sound beautiful. And I was thinking that everybody's voice or everyone's ear may find different words and different combinations of words beautiful. So I was wondering if what you might like to do is maybe you could do this two ways. Maybe you'd like to take a minute or two and write down words or word combinations or sentences that you think are beautiful and then um, simply record yourself saying these um, words or word combinations or sentences the other thing I thought is that you may like to miss out the step of writing down these words and simply begin talking and um, try always to move towards the most beautiful sound Um, obviously this is highly subjective and I think that everyone's has an opinion of which um, words sound most beautiful coming out of their mouths Um, I know that there are, I I have, um, I'm very self-conscious of my S's, so um, I tend to sort of think about moving away from those and into more O sounds, and um, I particularly like M sounds, so yeah, um, hopefully this will be fun, Um, we would love, love you to email them, um, your responses into us, we're hoping to put together a showcase at the end of this series of um, people's responses, so if you were willing to be that generous, that would be amazing, but yeah, that's the exercise, make some beautiful sounds out of words, thank you.